This is the Spapreneur Podcast, episode 173. Today's episode is brought to you by Demented Ramona. <laughs> to be fair, she has very tiny humans and they're around a lot. You can't listen to uh, our show. Hello. So I've not been listening to things because even if I listen, I probably won't remember. <laughs> there is nothing relaxing about owning a day spa. Serious spa owners know that being in the spa business isn't for the weak. And the lesson in this was I didn't follow my own advice. This is the Spapreneur Podcast with Ramona Rice and Lynn Graves. She is the main owner of the company. I am the COO. I get to be emotional. Right. I don't. Spapreneurs. Now, I've had repeat guests on, but never within like three months. That's how much I love this woman. And again, she was at the Target video wall. She is Target worthy, Target worthy. Um, but her book, I got an advanced copy on purpose, The Busy Woman's Guide to an Extraordinary Life of Meaning and Success. I was telling, it's Tanya Dalton, if you haven't figured it out already. Um, I was showing her because we're on Zoom right now and I was showing her how many flags. I went through at least like two packages of the post-it flags, Tanya, to get through your book. I love it so much. I'm so happy because I was reading. Well, I was I, like, yes, yes, I need this. Yes. <laughs> Well, I have to tell you, it's like underlining, highlighting the flagged pages. That's like my love language. So I feel totally <laughs> loved. This is amazing. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I, I mean, honestly, that's that's why you write a book. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. And you do it because you want people to like connect with it. You want people to resonate with it. And you want, for me, I want people to feel like, yes, I can take action. Right. So to see you, and you just talked about how you've already taken action on some of the things in the book. Yes. It's all flagged and so it's, talk that's about amazing. It, yeah. It's everything for me, honestly. Yeah. Um, but by the way, again, she's also the author. I, I bought the book immediately after she came on my podcast, The Joy of Missing Out. Also another phenomenal book. And how raw you were in that book was so helpful for me at that time. I was really going through some stuff and you were just so raw and honest. And it was like, okay, if she can get through that, I can get through what I'm going through. And so I just appreciated that. I feel like, again, you're, you're an incredible mentor to me, but you're not that unapproachable mentor. We've seen that on Instagram. We see that, that perfection. Like, look at me, my life is perfect. And you're just going to listen and do everything mm -hmm. you're saying. It is, it's not true. And, and what I love about the whole idea of this book are especially the four steps, the reflection, the projection, the action, and then my favorite, the alteration, because we write plans down and guess what? Uh, if 2020 and 2020 have taught us nothing, you got to be ready right. to like totally change <laughs> your game plan. That is the truth. And I think that's the thing that's been for me as a planner, right? Obviously I'm really into planning and I, I think it's really important, but it's this idea of if we hold our plans tightly in our fists, they don't have any room to grow or evolve or shift as our life grows and evolves and shifts and needs to change. It's really making plans and then having an open, open palm that we hold them in, right? That allows the grace to happen because life is, well, life is messy, and I think all that perfection that we see on Instagram and Pinterest and all those other places, it does us a disservice because we feel like we aren't doing very well when everybody else around us is struggling. We're all running the same race and we're so busy looking at our own feet. We don't even notice the woman next to us who's panting away right next to us, doing her best to keep up right alongside of us. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the book was full of those examples because you used a lot of women from your own mastermind and your own work. And, and some of it I loved was just the collecting of wins, like reminding us, like, you've done a lot of stuff, you know? And when I did that exercise, like, you know, just like any great self-improvement book, she has a, a guide you can guide. Or by the way, the book is out now. Get the book. 
Go to Amazon, go to Barnes and Noble, go to your favorite indie bookstore. We don't care. Go buy the book, go buy it in Kindle, go buy an Audible, all those. All, we don't care what format, just get the book. And I'm telling y'all, I don't recommend books that often anymore because a lot of them I feel like are just fluffy or not about written with you in mind. This one here, like chop full of just really good insights. And I love the fact that that was one of the things you said was collect your wins, like really list out because even when we are in times of trial, you're still winning at something. You're still, your worst day is someone's best day. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think sometimes we even lose sight of the things that stress us out, the things that were are bogging us down now or things that we once dreamed that we would have. We wanted to have this business. We wanted to have this family. We wanted to have this life. And it it comes with a little bit of baggage <laughs> with it. And and sometimes that can weigh us down a little bit and we get we can get a little bit grumpy about it. And it, we can feel like it holds us back when really this is what we wanted, right? And there's good with the bad. And so it really is acknowledging we, we're really winning on a regular basis. We really are. Yeah, th- this is right here. I love this section, the look backward to move forward. And you said, would you rather be stuck living in a past life that no longer exists? Or would you rather celebrate the many things you've already been through, the good and the bad, so you can start to live your future? I just love that because we've heard over and over again, don't look to the past, don't stay stuck in the past. But mm-hmm. I love mm-hmm. that, that you're allowing us to acknowledge that whatever crap we went through is how we got to today. And whatever today's crap is, is going to allow us to get to hopefully a better future. Oh, yeah. And I think that's the thing is, we want to we want to sweep it underneath the rug. We want to shove it underneath the bed. We don't want to talk about it because it it's hurtful. It makes us upset. We get angry. We get irritated. We feel like we've gotten off track and we've quote unquote messed up or whatever it is. But I can tell you, it's the moments where you have regret, where you have had trauma, where you've had the failures. That is the most fertile ground of all. And if we just take a little bit of time to peel those bandages back, to give them some air, to, to really take a good look at them, we can see how those things can push us forward. And I'm happy to give you an, an example that's not in the book. That's yeah, how I it. did that in my own life. Yeah. So um, I have a product-based business, Inkwell Press Productivity Co., and we sell physical products. So several years back, we had a delivery that arrived, and I have a, two giant warehouses. Um, and the delivery comes, and the warehouse is chock-a-block full. Like, it is, t- you know, floor to ceiling, wall to wall, full. And I open up the first box, everything's damaged. Second box, damaged. Third box, 150th box. I mean, every single product was damaged. And at that moment, I knew that my company was like dead in the water. This is all of our products for our biggest launch of the year. Or I could shift things and I could make it work. And that's what I did because I needed to make things work. So for the next three months, I worked at the warehouse for like 12 hour days, seven days a week for three months straight. The kids got off the bus, went straight to the warehouse. The kids did not go to after school activities. The kids ate dinner on the floor of the warehouse. I mean, literally, we spent as a family every waking hour at the warehouse. And I got to the end of this three months, this gauntlet. And we had survived. Everything was great. Customers very happy. But I looked at myself and I thought, oh, I am the world's worst mom. I am the worst on the face of the planet. Like I'm terrible. What kind of mom does this and that, right? And I started beating myself up. Now, here's the thing. I could have just let that story stick and I could have just said, well, I'm the world's worst mom. This is just who I am. And I guess that sucks to be me, right? Or I could choose to use that regret and move it into resilience. And that's what I did. I said to myself, I don't ever want to feel this way again. I never want to feel like the world's worst mom. 
So how do I change this? And I, that's when I really began to recognize, you know what? I need to create boundaries. I'm never doing this again where I work 12-hour days. I'm going to shift how I work, and I'm going to leave work every day at 3 o'clock. And I'm only going to work Monday through Thursday. Fridays, I have off. And that's what I'm going to do, which if you had told me I was going to do that, I would have said, there's no way. I, you can't run a seven-figure business that way. But because I had that regret in that season, I pushed myself in the opposite direction. I created these really strong boundaries. And you know what? Years later, still have those boundaries. I don't work seven days a week. I don't work five days a week. I work shorter days. And even on the days that I do work, I leave work at three to go home with my family because I don't want to be the world's worst mom again, right? So it really is. And it also made me be a little more adamant with my vendors about packing and all those lessons I learned through that, right? Through that season. But that has helped me become a better business owner. I never would have dreamed it was possible to work the hours I do, except for the fact that I had that regret. And I think that's what's really powerful. I could have just not even thought about it because it was so hurtful to think of what a mom, what kind of mom I had been, right? That's how we can push against regret. So that's, that's how it can become fertile ground for us. I think this ties into, you, you say in the book too, like just because we're good at it doesn't mean we should do it. Um, like for example, yes. after reading um, Jomo, <laughs> The Joy of Missing Out, and then uh, especially I, I did this in between both books, I hired a content manager. So shout out to Savannah, um, <laughs> who does like, again, I record the podcast, I send it to an editor, then the content manager does all like the show notes and creates the, the content around the podcast. And she's fantastic at it. And by doing that, it saves me time to do the other things I'm meant to do in my organization. And again, spotpreneurs, in right now, my day spot is fully booked. It's a Tuesday morning. We are fully booked. Like it's that happy energy, Tanya of like, Ooh, like one girl, one lady was getting a massage. She goes, it's 15 days to my wedding. So I'm getting a massage. Like she's in that joyous moment. I'm like, Oh, that's because oh, it's only yes. like, yeah, you won't be that way three days before your <laughs> wedding. Um, <laughs> or even like hours after your wedding, it's usually like frantic, but right now she's in that I'm getting married stage, but it's that joyousness around there. And I get to experience it just enough that I want to, and to get my butt right back into my office and do the things I need to do. And again, it's that on purpose thing. You have to be really deliberate in your choices of choosing what mm. you want to do and more importantly, what you should or need to be doing rather than what you could be doing. And it's really hard sometimes to let go of those things. Like again, those 12 hour days, because some people would say, oh, you taught your kids valuable work lessons and all this other stuff. And it's like, yeah, that was good for that season. But you know, um, yeah, no, not sustainable, not no. sustainable, right? Yes. Maybe my kids got out of that, that there are times in your life you got to dig in and you have to work a little bit harder, but at the same time, I don't want to sustain that type of a lifestyle where it's like, and let's dispel that myth that you have to work hard to be successful, right? Let's define success on our own terms. That's another thing we talk about in the book that we look around and we define success based off what everybody else is doing. We're like, oh, look at this spa owner. They're killing it. I need to do what they're doing. Oh, look at them. They're offering up these, these specials or, the, or these services. So I need to do that too. Instead of saying, you know what? This is what I want to do, right? Let's really start choosing how we want to live our lives, but also how we want to run our businesses. Stop feeling like to be successful, we have to do what everybody else is doing. You do you, and you're going to be so much more successful because of that. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, you know, it's interesting. You really dive into imposter syndrome and it's something a lot of entrepreneur podcasts and people talk about, but mm -hmm. I love the perspective of the entrepreneur, uh, the imposter syndrome, because you reminded me that a lot of times we use imposter syndrome to hide from success. 
we hide oh, yeah. from it. We deliberately use it. Go, no, I can't do that. Even though we're super successful. It's so funny, Shani. I just had three of my spa partners here in the office. And one of them is, I mean, an incredible, like she's so intelligent and she is going to rock what her next step, what she's doing. But she kept adding things to her to-do list. She kept adding, well, I need to do this mm-hmm. and this. And I'm like, mm-hmm. you don't need to do any of that stuff. You just need to put it out there. You're just afraid to. I'm like, what's up with that? And I was like, and I was reading the book after they came and I'm like, oh my gosh, Eleanor needs this book. So Eleanor, you're, <laughs> I'm sending you a copy because you need this book and you need to read and listen and, and hear your voice. But, you know, I love the idea of that, you know, it was this, this thing right here. The only difference between a woman who dreams of being a writer and the author of your favorite book is at some point along the way, the author chose to stop allowing self-depth to creak into her narrative and start calling herself a writer and actually did the work of writing. And I, mm-hmm. it's such a simple paradigm shift that I think a lot of people just use as excuse not to get what they really want. Yes. Yes. Well, I think that's the thing is we get to choose our identity. We get to choose how other people perceive us. And and that's the truth because people believe what we show them, right? So if we show them, well, I'm just this small business owner. I just have this little spa or we just do these. If I just, if I just, if I just, right? We are defining ourselves as someone small, as someone who's not really serious. If instead we roll our shoulders back, we hold our chin up and we say, yes, I make a difference in the lives of the women who come into my spa. I I build confidence. They leave my spa feeling incredible, feeling amazing. I am a proud spa owner because I make a difference. How are you going to feel? I mean, think about that. How does that sound to your ears to feel like, you know what? I don't just offer up pedicures or massages or haircuts or whatever it is that you're offering your services, you are helping armor these people with confidence to help them go out and forth into the world and make a difference with confidence. Start seeing yourself as something bigger. And that that really does start with how we define ourselves, how we choose to describe ourselves in our bio, in our websites, in our conversations that we have with our community members and people on the street and the, the grocery clerk for crying out loud. People will call you whatever you choose. So why not call yourself as you want to be called? Go ahead and define yourself as an expert. Define yourself as a woman who knows what she's doing even if you don't feel like you do. It's this whole idea, we, ha- we say fake it till you make it, and I don't like that. I really believe it's believe it until you become it. We have to believe in it because when we believe in ourselves and when we believe in the future that's available to us, when we believe in the vision that we have for where we wanna go, that becomes more of a reality because our eyes become open to more opportunities, more choices, those doors begin to show themselves to us that we can open or choose to close. Those are your choices, right? But it starts with you believing in you. Because if you don't believe in you, why would you expect anyone else to? I amen. And again, I'm I'm a fangirl of yours. I'll get off my soapbox. (laughs) No, that's a good soapbox to be on because again, you know, this is what holds a lot of just entrepreneurs in general, not just in the spa space from charging Mm -hmm. your full like price, what it should be. Um, you know, holding on to policies and procedures, you know, there's a big thing in day spas, you know, where if a client doesn't show up, we don't get paid. So I am like, like 
it drives me crazy, Tanya, when I see like, oh, I only charge 50% for no shows. I'm like, um, no, you charge the full thing. We charge the full thing. Yes. Because yes. I'm sorry, that was their choice not to come. Now, I will be clear with COVID and everything, we are generous to those people who are dealing with that. That's different. True. But if they're they're habitually like inconsistently or they show up late, no, charging the full price. That's their choices. Those are their choices. Mm-hmm. That's not a reflection on you. Um, the other thing I want to talk about, you have wonderful exercise there. We talked about off air, but I wanted to go over the fifth why, because again, it literally did help me save me from, from screaming at my husband. So I love this because <laughs> the idea is, is that there's really, once you get to like the fifth why you really uncover what you're really upset about, what's really holding you back. So I'm going to go over mine uh, so with my husband. So you, you pick the reason, like I, I wrote, I'm disappointed in Evan. And then you go one, I'm disappointed in Evan because, and then you feel I feel like he isn't working on his PhD program enough. And then you go to two. I feel like he isn't working on his PhD program enough because it's not the way I would do the work. And then three, it's not the way I would do the work because I'm not the one in the PhD program. And then four, I'm not in the PhD program because I chose a career path that doesn't require that type of learning. And then five, I chose this career path because it allows me to be um, the the wife and the, and the stay-at-home mom-esque person I want to be. And so it reminds me of like why I actually made these choices and why I should not worry about yes. whether or not he's studying from the TV or not. It's such a simple exercise. How did you come up with this? It, it's just, it was brilliant. Yeah. Well, that's what I love about the fifth why is it really is so simple that you can literally do it while you're driving your car. You can do it while you're in the shower. It requires like no tools. You don't even have to have a sheet of paper. You could do it in your yeah. head if you wanted to. And what I love about it is that I feel like we ask ourselves, like, why do I feel this way? Why do I feel like a failure? Why do I feel, why am I angry? Why am I, all those things. And we give ourselves that first why, and that's it. Just that surface level. It's such a shallow little dive and you're not going to get the real answer. You got to go a little bit deeper. I, I call it the fifth why. It's based off of actually a productivity, an operating system called the uh, five whys, where you ask why five times. Um but really, I wanted to call it something different because this is about our emotions. We're not we're not looking for stop gaps in our our processes or our systems of our you know factories and those types of things. But it gets you to that root cause, and I think that's what's really important. That first why is so shallow, and you're not really going to get the real answer you need. We ask why again a second time. You ask why again a third time, and then a fourth time, and a fifth time, and that's deep enough that you start to go, "Oh, I'm seeing the pattern. I see. Wh- I mm-hmm. see where this comes from." And when we understand where our emotions come from, where our feelings or our frustrations or are the things that we think or believe or, you know, remember about our past, when we understand where those come from, we can pull it up. We can take it up roots and all and take it to give it to the, give it to the light and really shift how our thinking works. Because a lot of times those, those are really our limiting beliefs. We're getting to the root of what's limiting us, what is holding us back. And when we allow it to come to light, we're able to shift it and we're able to change it. And that happens when we understand what it is, right? So when you understand that really your frustration is that you're not in the program and it's not the way that you would want to do it and all those things, it's like, oh, I had no idea I even really felt that way. Mm -hmm. Because I really really want to be... Because I don't really want to get a PhD in education. That is not my desire because I tried to work in education like briefly out of college and they do not measure things on profit. And I didn't understand that. I was like freshly out of the University of Virginia and I went to a marketing department inside a community college. And I'm like, 
I don't understand this. What do you mean you don't measure profit? This doesn't make sense to me. I'm like, no, we can't do this. But for my husband, it makes total sense because he's a teacher and that's what they do. And I'm like, I'm happy for you. But it was such an easy exercise to do. And I completely agree. Like, and especially Mm -hmm. if you get really good at it, it, you can uncover a lot of stuff. Even the, why did I want to snap at that waiter? Like you could even go into that like on a daily basis. And hopefully it stops the Karenian of the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've even used it to really get to the heart of what I'm grateful for, because I find that I'm saying the same things on a regular basis. And when I ask myself, why am I grateful for this? Why am I grateful? I get to something so much richer, so much, so much yeah. deeper. And then it's like, oh, that's what I'm grateful for. So I can start off with saying, oh, I'm grateful because John brought me lunch. And by the time I finish the fifth Y exercise, like two minutes later, it's like, I really am appreciative of the fact that he is a true partner to me. And I really appreciate I, it's that is so much bigger than I like that he brought me lunch, right? So it works in, and I've done this exercise too with my kids. It's so easy to do with your children, especially your younger children who already are asking why, but I've done it with my 18-year-old. I've done it with my 14-year-old. I've done it when they were little to really uncover why they are feeling the way they are, especially as they navigate difficulties and friendships and things that, you know, the trauma of, you know, middle school and those types of things. So it's a great, easy exercise you can do with them in the back seat while you're in the front seat, right? Driving in the car. I'm also thinking it'd be really good because right now I have a freshman in high school who's very nervous about he's in an advanced program and he's starting to do that. Well, maybe I can't do this. Maybe I, do this. I think I might do this mm, yes. with him and see, okay, can we uncover really, why are you afraid of this? Cause really, you know, I'm like, you can handle this. They wouldn't just let you in there. So yeah, no, um, again, <laughs> yes. the book is on purpose. I, I, I mean, we could talk for days and days and days about this because there were so many different things. Like, again, what are you scared of? And uh, the, the myth of I'm unlovable, I'm, I'm helpless, I'm worthless. And, and just you breaking that down. But my favorite thing was willpower is a joke. That was my favorite thing. Cause it's so true. Cause there are <laughs> times it. where, you know, I have tremendous willpower in certain aspects of my life. I'll give me mm-hmm, an example. Mm-hmm. So I could go years without drinking alcohol and be fine. I just have that personality where I gave up alcohol for a year after my first husband passed away because I was starting to abuse it more. I'm like, no, I'm done. But an alcoholic, they can't even imagine that. They're like, what do you mean you could just give it up? And, and that's why I love the idea of the why the willpower is alive. Because I think so often, a lot of times mm-hmm. I'm dealing with entrepreneurs. I know you do too, especially women entrepreneurs. So like, if I could just get my own shit together. If I could just get my own right. self together, it's like, mm-hmm. I don't think mm-hmm. that's it. I think just, you need to understand who you are and there are aspects of your life. You're just not got the willpower for. Right. It really is about understanding your strengths. What are the things that you can do? And then creating these, I call them breadcrumbs, right? Where it's like Hansel and Gretel, where it's these breadcrumbs that you can look to where you've been. So you can see where you can go and moving forward. And you create this pattern for yourself where it's like, oh, I have this win and I do this again and I have this win. And that's really what what willpower is when we see it in other people. It's that they have a strength and they're playing on it. And I feel like so often we want to blame our lack of discipline, which means there is something wrong with us. There is nothing wrong with you. I need you to hear that one more time. There is nothing wrong with you. You don't need more discipline. You don't need more willpower. You just need to figure out what is one tiny action, one tiny habit I can establish for myself to get me closer to what I want. And we start putting that on repeat. And we talk about this in the book, how we can make that super easy, right? Little tiny things. Then you you create this pattern for yourself where you're like, oh, I am good at whatever it is, whether it's I'm bad at money is the story you tell yourself, or I'm not a good manager of people, or I'm, uh, you know, I'm the worst at public speaking or or whatever it is. 
we create a pattern for ourselves. And then you know what you do? You go back to that conversation we had a few minutes ago where it's like, how do you identify yourself? You no longer identify yourself as being the worst at money. You're now a person who reconciles your accounts twice a week or meets with your bookkeeper regular or whatever it is, right? Let's get rid of that blaming willpower because we don't need it. You have everything you need inside of you. It's just tapping into it. That makes a world of difference. And figuring out the way that works for you. So, you know, I had yes. to, you know, like, again, five years ago, I've been working with Amber Duggar now who, oh my God, the two of you together in a room, I couldn't even stand the joyness that would bring me to no degree. Um, <laughs> like, I love her so much, Tanya. We named a massage room after her. Like, that's how oh, I love that. she is. And her- and, I'm working on know, getting my massage room. I'm working on that. <laughs> I, honestly, though, I'm enough a fangirl. I'm like, we could figure out a Tanya somewhere around here that's bright and colorful. Anyway, but no, um, we even put like a prosperity mandala um, like stencils on the wall. So it means prosperity and wisdom, mm. but you know, that started when I was a scared widow who did not know how to even like, just keep up with the, and I'm grieving and all the stuff and, and it's awful. Right. And I had to seek help in order to figure out a system that worked. I had to, I had to find wise counsel. And I think a lot of times we're afraid, we're afraid to actually say, you know what, I need to spend some money and find someone who can coach me through this, or I need to spend the time. Like, for example, mm -hmm. I know how to exercise. I know how to exercise. I pay Milagros Wallen twice a week to tell me how to squat and, and lift weights. We're not doing anything revolutionary or new, Tanya, but I pay someone True. money twice a week so that I do it. Sometimes we need that. Gretchen Rubin talks about this in the four tendencies that sometimes you need outward accountability and understanding that about mm -hmm. yourself. That's what happens. And, and I love that. One final thing, because it made me so delighted, was the goal matrix. This was the coolest thing ever, because I loved how you said that goals are fine, but it's really we need to lean in priorities. And the minute I read that, I was like, yay, that makes so much more sense because, <laughs> you know, I am a I love a go good goal. I love posting the wall. Me I love too. like, like mm -hmm. writing on there. Mm -hmm. I want the gold star now, but I love the idea of the priority. Like, what's the priority in your life right now? So let's go over the goal matrix because I think it's really powerful. Yeah. So the goal matrix really is, it's like looking at your year from a bird's eye view of where do I want to lean in these different seasons of my life? And by, by seasons, it might be a month. It might be two months. It might be a quarter. It might be a half a year, but really we have so many things that we do. We're, we're more than just a business owner, right? We, we are, maybe you're a wife or a girlfriend or a, a mother. Maybe you're a best friend or a neighbor, a community member. You're, you're all those things. And we want to give ourselves all these things. But if we give ourselves equally, we end up wearing ourselves out and we're exhausted, right? And we're not really pouring ourselves into where we want to pour ourselves. And, and this this whole myth of balance that I dive into in the joy of missing out that we think that we want balance. We want all things to be even, but if everything is even, we're not really moving in the direction we want. It's like riding a bike. If things are perfectly balanced, that's fine. If you want to go on a straight line, but if you want to turn left, you got to lean to the left. Can't stay leaned to the left for too long. Cause you'll fall over. You'll scrape your knee. You have to counterbalance and then lean a little bit to the right. And it's the same thing in our life. We lean into family life for a season, a month, two months, a quarter, we counterbalance and then we lean into work for a season. Again, a month, two months, however long it is. Then we counterbalance and maybe we lean into something else, but we give ourselves more fully. And with this goal setting matrix, it's like a visual reminder of I'm doing these big things. So I need to go lighter. I'm not saying that when you're focused in on a business goal that you just ignore your family. That's not really going to work, right? But it's like family goals will have to take a little bit of a backseat. Same thing if you're focusing on a family, we're not going to try to kill it at, at, at the office, 
right? We're not going to be going after big goals if we have a big family goal that we're working on, on a big personal goal. And we talk about it with uh, Jenny in the book and how yeah. she wants to run a half marathon. And she's like, I don't know how to do this because I'm trying. She wants to like double her revenue. And she's like, I've got a husband who likes to spend time with me, which is a good thing. Mm -hmm. And so it really is about mapping this out and taking a look. Like if you're, if you're focusing on, on the marathon, then let's figure out some ways that you're doing some lighter things in the business during those times. And then we flip it later on. Right. And all along, we're making sure that we're watering all the different areas that need to be watered in our grass, our relationships and the, our families and, and those things. Um, but really the goal setting matrix makes it where you're like able to truly see, oh, wow, this is why I have failed before, perhaps, because I've tried to go after all the goals at all the same time. It's really creating a pocket of time for you to focus. And that's really what a priority needs. It needs your focus. It needs your time. It needs your energy. And if you're spreading yourself thin because you're trying to do all the things this is why we're not able to accomplish those big dreams that you have. We need to focus in on one area and then we counterbalance and we shift into another area and then we counterbalance and we shift into another area. And the goal setting matrix makes it really visual. So you can see, oh, that's where I'm leaning in this season. Yeah. This is why I say also spotpreneurs, you may want to read joy missing out first because Tanya does this wonderful thing about the dominoes and that a tiny domino with enough velocity can knock over the empire state building. And, and, and scientifically they've proven that not that they've knocked over the empire yes. state building, but <laughs> like you talked about in that, in that book where you go, okay, start with something really small and let that domino mm -hmm. go into another domino. And it kind of it goes in it. So again, Going back to my own money issues, the first thing Amber and I did was we worked on my personal budget, not my business budget, because I was trying to figure out Mike McCallowitz's profit first plan. She's one of those professionals. Oh, yes. And I, mm -hmm. and I couldn't get it. I was like, I know this in principle. I don't understand. So, um, you know, I sh she goes, well, first we have to decide what you're doing in your personal life. How much money do you actually want to make in order for the, your life, your kids to have yes. the life that you want them to have? And immediately it's like, okay, I can do that. So for three months, we focused on getting my personal debt, my personal stuff in line. Then we were able to focus on the business stuff. Now I'm able to look at, okay, in five years, I want to make this much money in this. But that was, it's been like a five-year process building up to it, building up to it. So now we're actually buying, you know, a 300, in something thousand dollar house this month, uh, you know, coming up, I'm closing on that. Amazing. Because, Congratulations. Thank you. Yes. But again, like you said, priorities, I've had to let some business stuff kind of go down because I'm focusing right. on selling a house and raising a house. And I have three teenagers and it's like, oh, and two of them started school at the same time, the new school. So I'm like, okay, we, we got to be family player because the husband's off doing a PhD. So, you know, it's, it's right. a whole thing. Yes. Yeah. And that's what I love about Jomo in this book. I like to say they're like peanut butter and chocolate. They both are really good on their own. They're really great together. Um, so you don't have to have read Jomo to enjoy on purpose. You don't have to read on purpose to enjoy Jomo, but together it's like a little powerhouse couple, right? Of chocolate, peanut butter, goodness, which which yeah, I love. totally. No, totally. Because again, like a, a lot of this stuff, because first, you know, the lesson in Jomo was, you know, it's like you can miss out on things and be happy. Like you don't have yes. to, like, you know, I finally established, like, I really love the idea, Tanya, of being that mom who has a cricket and does all the vinyls. Like I'll watch them on TikTok and I love, and I have a girlfriend of mine mm -hmm. who's mm -hmm. a fellow Girl Scout leader. And she's that one. I'm going, Hey, I have things I need labels on. She's like, I got you. I've had to establish that's Jessica's role in the group. And my role is something yes. different. I do not need yes. to own a cricket because that's just, that's just distraction from what I'm actually supposed to be doing. Though I love the idea of being that mom that does the cricket. I'm not that mom in this season. It may be another season down the line. Yeah. But, and but that's okay. I and needed here, that to learn. 
And I think that's the, that's the, I love this example because, you know, really we were built to be in, in villages and in communities where it wasn't that we were supposed to do it all. We were supposed mm-hmm. to say, you know what, Jessica is awesome at the cricket. I love the way that looks. You do that for me. I do this for you. Right. And there's yeah. this whole coming together that that's really women supporting women. It's not saying, well, you got to get your own cricket. You got to figure out how to do that. It's okay. How can we work together to get to that end goal that we are both looking for in Girl Scouts or in our lives or in our businesses? This is why it's so important to build community. I truly believe um, and to surround ourselves with other people. I love to surround myself with other women who are mm-hmm. of that same mindset where there's an abundance mindset where it's like, what do you bring to the table? Here's what I bring to the table. We all bring goodness to the table and that makes us all better. Right. I think there's a vulnerability though. I've, I've suffered this with asking for help and I'll never forget simple yes. things like asking another like Girl Scout. Mom. And again, my Girl Scouts, you know, when, once you get, so if you're a Girl Scout mom, I don't know if you've ever been a Girl Scout mom, Tanya, you're involved in Girl Scouts, but once I have they not, get, but- okay. Once they get to like the middle school age, if they're in there at middle school age, you're a lifelong Girl Scout. And so my daughter's definitely in there and that posse of girls there, that's it. It is, it's like, they're tight. They're already planning on high school together. And like this, I'm like, y'all are crazy, but you know, <laughs> you want a troop of girl scouts on your side. Cause they can literally take over the world. But those moms become like your family because all of your girls, like I'm emergency contact for some of the moms because I have a more flexible schedule. So that's something I can offer rather than, or again, I can show up to the middle school with all the supplies we donate. Like we did this one thing last year during, um, when the vaccinations were starting, we got a total group of like Girl Scout cookies. Like it was like at least 50 boxes of Girl Scout cookies and donated to our local COVID, one of the vaccine vaccine clinics. I had the flexibility to go drop them off. And that's how I, I can contribute. Whereas other moms, again, Jessica is like, again, cricket queen. She's or, our labeler. Yeah, she's our <laughs> labeler. And, and we decided that it's kind of like the Smurf village. You only need one grumpy Smurf. So, you know, it's kind of like oh, that. I like but that. It's there's true. A, there's yes. a vulnerability that comes from being able to trust, particularly other women, because I feel like our generation, mm-hmm. like that mm-hmm. Gen X generation was not encouraged to do that. No, I don't think we've been encouraged to do that for several generations. You know, we, we really, uh, we built upon that whole idea that we, I I can, I can bring home the bacon. I can fry it up in a pan because I'm a woman, right? So I can do it all. We were really messaged that really hardcore, especially as we, we rose in the, in the sixties. And I understand that because it really was, we needed to remind ourselves that we are strong enough to do these things, but we also sent ourselves this message that it's like, well, you got to do it all. And we don't, you don't have to do it all. You don't have to do it all in life. You don't have to do it all in business. It really is when we, when we take down those walls of perfection, when we're real, we're honest, and we are vulnerable, that's when we allow others in. That's when others can come and support us. And I think as women, we feel we feel guilty asking for help. We feel like we are a burden to other people. But let's let's switch this around a little bit. And I want you to think about the last time a good friend has asked you for support or asked you for help. How did you feel in that moment? Did you feel irritated or did you feel like, oh my gosh, it's so nice to be able to help her. You are giving a gift to other women when you allow them to support you. You're giving your family a gift when you allow them to support you. When we allow ourselves to be supported and held up by other people, that is a beautiful act of love. And I think if we start looking at it that way, it makes it easier for us to just, ah, relax and be okay that yes, we have strengths, but yes, we also have weaknesses and let's play to both. Let's stop pretending like we don't have weaknesses. Let's 
celebrate that I'm not good at these things. And I know somebody else who is. I know somebody else who can step in and take over these things. You don't have to do it all to be a superwoman. A superwoman is a woman who allows others in, into her world in order to help her. Love it. Even Wonder Woman had the Justice League. Again, it's Tiny Dalton. <laughs> she's, so been on the, she's been on the Target um, uh, video wall. Will the book be in Target? Can we go to the Target and find it at Target this time? I'm not sure yet because, you know, with all the shipping issues and all of those things. So we anticipate it probably being in Target, but I don't think it will be right at the start of the launch just because of all of those things happening. But, but it will be at yes. Amazon. Oh, it will be on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Books a Million, uh, just about everywhere else that books are sold. Yeah. Yes. And is there an audiobook available for those who prefer an audiobook? Absolutely. And I read the audiobook for this book just as I did for uh, The Joy of Missing Out, which is a lot of fun because I talk about things in a little bit of a different way in the audiobook. So a lot of people, a lot of people like to have both because there are graphics in the book. Um, and I talk about things in different ways to help really allow those, uh, you know, those strategies and those tactics to hit home. Okay. The book is out now. This is episode 178 of the podcast. Can you believe we're almost at 200 spotpreneurs? Thank you for sticking with me all this time, but the book is incredible. I'm not just saying this because again, I love Tanya. I mean, if I did not like the book, I would not have had her on twice, but the book, I mean, literally it's like a color. It's like a kaleidoscope of colors with the amount of flagging I've done. And I can't wait to build some lessons from this for my spotpreneurs, for myself, for my Girl Scouts, because I'm dealing with high school Girl Scouts this year. So they need these kind of things. And to be able to teach them the gold matrix, I, I'm totally doing that because they have to do the, the, it's the equivalent of Boy Scout Eagle Scout award. Um, you know, and it's actually mm -hmm. more hours yes. and it's, it's huge. So for me to be able to show the girls like, Hey, how do we balance everything that's going on in your life? So you get these priorities. Is it a priority or even them choosing like do you want to do this gold award? Cause it's not required. Um, I think mm -hmm. they should, but that's not my journey. That's theirs. But again, the book is on purpose. The busy woman's guide to an extraordinary life of meaning success by Tanya Dalton. Tanya as always, you are just the best guest ever. Plus also go to Inkwell. So I was doing the full focus plan by Michael Hyatt's great planner, but I think I'm switching to your planner for 2022. I haven't totally decided I yet. That. I do love a paper planner. <laughs> I, I use digital all the time, but there's something about pen and paper and then the stickers. It just makes me happy. Okay. It's a craft that well, I can and the do. goal setting planner goes really well with on purpose. There's a goal setting matrix inside the goal setting planner mm -hmm. that we offer. We've got, we talk about the impact goal framework in the book. It's also in the planner. So, uh, so yes, all of those things are there. So I would, yes. I, that would make me happy because it all, it really does fit together really nicely. The priority list, all those things that I talk about and teach, they're also in the products. Right. Which is nice because you don't have to. And this is why I say, go ahead and buy the planner. If you really are into it. once you read the book, you're like, yeah, I want goals because just save the time and not have to draw out your own goal matrix. She's already done it for you. You know, and obviously, for you. yeah, you've done the work for us and, and they're, they're mm -hmm. very, I think very affordable. Um, I was looking at the prices mm -hmm. compared to some others and I was like, oh, these are super affordable and super dreamy. So yes. Um, Tanya, again, thank you so much. And as always, I like to end up uh, real quick. I have to invite y'all to do something at Spapreneur. Uh, if you've not headed over to Facebook for our free Spapreneur Alliance group, shame on you every Thursday evening at eight o'clock Eastern Standard Time, I do a little lesson things that I've learned from whatever podcast we're on. So so you want to check in. It's at eight o'clock, absolutely a thousand percent free. It's just so you get some extra bonus for being part of the Alliance group. It's something I love to do. Um, and it's fun because my husband watches me and goes, how do you have so much energy at eight o'clock at night? I'm like, because teaching feels my soul. Anyway, so head over to um, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Bopreneur and you can get invited to the group. Now, Tanya, I like to end every interview with what makes you feel wealthy today. So what is making you feel wealthy today, Tanya? 
honestly, you showing me that book and showing me <laughs> how many pages you had flagged, how many things you had underlined, that made me made, that made me so happy. And that made me feel wealthy because truly we're wealthy when we take what we know and we share it with the world. And that's what I want to encourage your listeners today to do is take your gifts and share them with the world. That's that's what I do in my book. And to have you receive it in the way that you have, um, you showing it to me, I'm receiving it back. So thank you. Feeling loved, feeling feeling appreciated. That makes me feel wealthy. Yeah, The book is in bookshelves right now. And again, it, there are a lot of books dealing with shipping delays for a lot of different reasons. So worst case scenario, get a digital version and you won't have to worry about any delays. It magically comes to your favorite device. And if you've got a smartphone, you can read it on your smartphone. There's no excuse not to get this information. You can choose to be ignorant or you can choose to be educated. That's up to you, spapreneurs. And this book is worth your time. I don't press, pressure you to get many books often, but I have like a top 13 books. This is probably going to be top 14 now, or maybe I kick someone off because I like the number 13. So anyway, it's Tanya Dalton. Again, the book is on purpose. Get it now. It's out right this second. And I will see y'all next week. And Tanya, thank you so much for again coming on the podcast. Thanks so much for having me. This is fun as always. Need more actionable steps to get your spa headed in the right direction? Head to spapreneur.com where we've got the tools, tricks, and methods to make your spa as successful as it can be. Spapreneur.com. <laughs>